oh, prosper the work of our hands. The gospel lesson comes from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. Will you please rise for the reading of the gospel? <coughs> Excuse me. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing, go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to the disciple, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with, with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be As we come to our time of children's message, I want to notice something that I imagine you've already noticed. It's fall. We are now fully, undoubtedly, no matter how you measure it, into fall. So I'm curious, what have been some of the indicators for you that falls here? What do you think? What have been some of the indicators? How do you know it's fall? Can't wear the open-toed shoes. Maybe you could, I don't know. But, but you're not wearing the open-toed shoes. Okay. The leaves are changing color. Anything else? What do you think? You think of anything? It gets darker earlier. It gets darker earlier. Yeah. And earlier and earlier, right? Yeah. Anybody else? 
Evenings are cooler. Yeah, they are. Anybody do a fire yet? Okay. Campfire, bonfire, house fire. You know, the fireplace, I mean. Come on. I'm not trying to make work for fire company. I'm just saying a you know, fireplace. Okay. You can go to Mazilla. Yeah, our youth just went to Mazilla. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I was thinking about, I'm with you, Kirsten. I was thinking about the leaves. And there's these two kinds of trees. I'm going to tell you things you know. There are these two kinds of trees, right? There's these deciduous ones that, that let go of their leaves. And there's the, the evergreens that keep their leaves. But I'm going to ask you this question. Which one shows growth? Uh, right? The trees that keep it. What do you think, Peter? Oh, the ones that let their leaves go, they show growth. Okay. Okay. Anybody else want to say something? The ones that keep their leaves? I got, I got that in here, too. I got, I got all kinds of leaves here. I got different kinds of leaves. You all can tell me what they are. You know better than I do, whether they're spruce or maple or, I'm not very good at this, notoriously bad actually, at what kind of leaves or what, but even evergreen, which kind is what grows. Today we're talking about a story, Diane just read it for us, about a man who ran did you catch it? He ran to Jesus. He sought him out. He wanted to know, how can I get eternal life? What's the secret? What's the catch? Can I get in on this thing? Eternal life. And the answer was totally different than he was expecting. He thought he did the whole checkoff list. He thought he had the whole thing. And he fell away from the conversation. Because it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. The disciples, on the other hand, seemed to be ever ready. They had checked off everything on the list and stayed with Jesus. I'm wondering if both can grow. If both are growing, the deciduous leaves, trees, and the evergreens are growing. In your yard, my guess is both are growing. Evergreen trees, right? They get pretty tall. And deciduous trees, they're growing too, right? What if the disciples and the inquirer, the one who ran up, he's growing too. He wanted to know. With God, all things are, are possible. I wonder if he reflected back, like a new oak leaf that grows on the tree in the spring and grew later. How about if we pray and ask God to help us? Would you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for your love and your commitment to our lifelong growth. Help us to grow in you. Amen.
Last week we began a series of sermons on a future with hope. As we looked at how God was gathering us, calling us to gather as a world and as a community church. We gather in worship, in fellowship, based on visioning and discernment, we are called to gather, grow, I'm hoping you'll help me, and, okay, good thing you're awake. Okay, this morning, we look at the call to grow. As of September 1st, we have a new bishop. Did you know that? Bishop John Scholl has been our interim bishop. Bishop Peggy Johnson, part of all of our hearts, for sure, the last 13 years. She retired, God bless her, to Virginia. Got to be closer to her grandkids, good thing. And General Conference 2020 is still on the horizon at some point. <laughs> the reassignment of bishops follows after with jurisdictional conference. In the meantime, Bishop Scholl, our interim bishop, jumped right in and provided us with some leadership and a path forward. So, first thing he does is a 900-person survey. That's a few people. And he asks the question of what is it that a passionate disciple, transformational leaders, and vital congregations, passionate disciple, transformational leaders, and vital congregations, what do they have in common? One of the things, growth. Let me tell you what it said. Passionate disciples are lifelong learners. Transformational leaders are visionary. Vital congregations offer study opportunities. How has our congregation done this? How have we offered study opportunities? How are our leaders communicating vision? And are you and I, as disciples, are we lifelong learners? This morning, I want to ask this question. Was the rich young ruler a lifelong learner? A passionate disciple? We've often heard this story and we've thought about it as a sad commentary on a ruler who wouldn't give up his favorite toys. You ever heard it told that way? Once or twice. He was too connected to his 401k and his collection of houses and boats, his tools and his collectibles. And we've drawn the very comfortable and righteous conclusion, if I'm living less high on the hog than he is, I'm probably doing okay. We like to feel good when we've compared ourselves to others, like the German word, let's see how I do, Schudenfreud, did I do okay? Schudenfreud? You can tell me later if I did okay. We like to feel good after comparing ourselves to others. Now, sometimes preachers have pointed out to us that many of us are rich globally. 
schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. I needed that. Thank you. I'll be better at 11. Schadenfreude. There's an uncomfortable website called How Rich Am I? that gives us a solid look at a global perspective. For example, if you are at what's the current poverty level in Pennsylvania, that is that you are a single person, one person in your household, and you currently have an income of $19,000, you make more than 90% of the whole world. Does that feel sometimes a little uncomfortable? As the ruler departs, Jesus continues his teaching and he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter God's kingdom. But bad news all around. Jesus says, anything's possible. Anything is possible with God. So who actually does this? This selling everything and giving all your money to the poor? Remember the story of Francis of Assisi's? We like to tell the story of this guy sometime in the 13th century, born to a wealthy family. And he sells everything he has, not once, but twice. His dad tries to give him his money back the first time in order to begin the Franciscan orders for whom poverty is a key value. It's unusual, but there are others as well. What if instead we considered this story we just heard a story still in progress instead of over? It's not the end of the story. Instead, it's part one of a two-part episode. We know this story must be important. It's in Matthew. It's in Mark. It's in Luke. Matthew's the one who tells us he's young. Luke tells us he's a ruler. And he runs to Jesus, wanting to catch up with him before he gets out of town. Jesus has just been crisscrossing the area, Galilee and Capernaum. He's in Judea. He's in Caesarea Philippi. And soon he's off to Jerusalem. And the inquirer wants to know, how do I get that salvation? How about eternal life? Can I get it? Did I get it already? The psalmist writes, teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. If you're raising children, you ever hear this said? The days are long, but the years, they're quick, they're fast. Time is not even. I don't need to tell any of you this. Teach us to number our days. And it feels like counting the stars or the grains of sand at the beach. We can't achieve it. We just kind of lean towards it. When have you grown enough in your faith? When did I gain enough status? Good teacher. It's likely the inquirer thought as 
Some of us, many of us, have at one time or another the very presence of wealth and stuff was an indication of God's blessings. In fact, it was a common view that if God was pleased with you, everybody else could tell because of your wealth. You know, the view didn't travel very far. Today we have the prosperity gospel that has a really strong hold in American culture. It promises that God will reward you with health and with wealth if you just have the right kind of faith. So for the inquirer to hear Jesus say, get rid of all those blessings that he thought showed God's favor and guaranteed a place in the age to come, would have been downright shocking. Jesus disrupts and upends everything he understood about eternal life. So where have you and I seen such a shift like that? Do you remember, some of you better than I, when poodle skirts and cardigans were common apparel in the late 1950s? There was one in every five households that had a television. If you were going to watch I Love Lucy, or if you were going to watch Gunsmoke, there were probably multiple people sitting around the television screen. If you had one, or you might go to the neighbors, right? Because they had one. And by the time you were ready to watch MASH, or Laverne and Shirley in the late 1970s, do you know how many people had a TV? Nine out of 10 households. That's a significant shift. Today, the average household has 2.6 televisions. We've gone up a little bit. And 10 devices capable of streaming. In addition to those TVs, Okay, And I doubt that any of us would agree on what the most familiar or popular show was. If I said one, half of us wouldn't even know what it was. And the other half would say, yeah, I can tell you all about it. Over time, there has been a significant shift from a few people and together accessing the television to a wide access separately. It took about 60 years for that shift. And Jesus looked at him gently and loved him. We get the sense this wasn't the first time that they met each other. With a prominent mention in all three of those Gospels, Jesus had a tender place in his heart for this guy. After giving him the really basic way to relate to humanity, you know, don't kill people, don't get in relationships that aren't yours, don't take things, don't lie, don't cheat, take care of your parents. The inquirer kind of leans back and sighs deeply and says, I've done this all. I've been doing it since I was a kid. Eternal life and life blessings are clearly, they're mine. They're in the bag. 
He seems like he's the kind of person who's got everything going for him. Privilege and power, wealth and access. And Jesus takes the commandments one through four, the ones that relate to God, and changes the focus. Sell everything. Give the money to the poor. And the treasure will be in heaven. The eternal life of your original question, it comes from following me. And he doesn't go immediately. If you've been in our Mark Bible study, you might have heard me say that immediately is the word of Mark. It comes 41 times in the 15 chapters of Mark. And it doesn't happen here. Growth sometimes takes time even in the Gospel of Mark. The disciples chime in, you heard them, but we're okay, right? Are we good? We gave it all up. We made the ultimate sacrifice, leaving home and job. And Jesus says, don't forget, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. As we seek a future with hope, you and I, together, we know that God is calling us to grow as a congregation and as individuals. We're called to deepen our leadership development. During this month of clergy appreciation, we give thanks for those clergy who've been birthed out of this congregation. Thanks be to God for those who walked alongside them. Out of generations, I think of Mary Jane Kirby and Jeff Weber. At Charge Conference, we reaffirm our Christ Servant Ministers, Peggy Stewart and Jackie Herrera, Kathy Doan, who studies to be a certified lay minister. It's a culture of call where we discern together what a growth model looks like over time. It's what a healthy congregation, friends, looks like. And we seek to develop child and youth programming as we respond to the needs of families in our community. It's not a need for busyness, but meaning and purpose. You know, offering community courses in parenting and resources, as well as navigating what people need now. May God prosper the work of our hands. In the Gospels, we've seen several late bloomers, disciples who take a while to grow into knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. It took them through the death to the resurrection, Peter, James, and John, and they took turns tripping over themselves. Thomas, he needed an extra appearance all his own. Cleopas and the other one on the road to Emmaus, so perhaps part two of the young ruler is later, after the resurrection. Maybe as long as 60 years. When he's no longer young or actively ruling. Perhaps the words of Jesus rang in his heart. As a lifelong learner, I can imagine he came back to following Jesus. So for many of us, 
We're like the young ruler, living a story that's already in progress. We've made commitments and grown previously. We may even feel really good about it. And yet Jesus looks at us in love and calls us to grow in our faith and create opportunities for others here in our community to grow. This, my friends, is the gospel. It's the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.